We begin today's shiur 21 lines from the top of the Pei Zion. A little less than halfway down the page, you'll notice a volcano shape, a trapezoid, uh, in the middle of the line, Omar Rabbah. That is our beginning point. In our previous year, we discussed the idea of a woman being exempted from an oath that otherwise the husband would have been able to impose on her. So continuing in that same vein, we have a topic heading on the side of our Gemara and a Mivneh, a structural note combined into one. We feature the uh, trapezoid or the volcano shape. Deis shoinois be'inyin l'shoinois shoinim shoptur shvua u'mahein hatoitzaos. We have different uh, opinions regarding different expressions that have to do with a shvua exemption and what are the results. The Gemara. Omar Rabba, Omar if that is the language of the exemption, who eno yochol The husband himself has uh, surrendered or relinquished his rights to impose the oath on his wife. The oath that we discussed extensively in our previous shear. Avol yorshim mashbian osa. But the heirs could impose the shvu on her. Noki neder, noki shvua, if that is the expression. Noki literally means has to be cleansed from. Bain hu ubain yorshim, ain mashbian osa. Uh, uh, whether it be the husband himself or his heirs cannot impose an oath on her. Hochi ko'omar law, what he intends by this statement is, mankis mishvuasa, you are cleansed, you are freed from taking an oath. Rav Yosef Omar Rebichiyah Rav Yosef addresses these two expressions. You'll see in the first expression we have the number one here and we have the number one a few lines above. The encircled number one, you'll see there's no point of difference. But when we get to number two, there's a difference. So if he writes to her, he says to her, Delo neder the husband cannot impose the shvua, but the heirs can, just like Rabbah above. However, Noki neder, Noki shvua, Bain hu, Ubain yorshim, Mashbian osa. Notice the dash, the squiggle underlining. Above, we had squiggle line, Ain Mashbian osa, and here we squiggle line, Mashbian osa. Hochi ko'amalo, the expression, according to Rav Yosef, of Noki Neder Noki Shvua means Naki Nafshech Bishwasa. Clear yourself. If there's any uh, suspicion against you that the husband may have to, clear yourself with a Shvua. So, in Kuntra of Yosef, Naki Neder is a, an expression of uh, Shvua obligation. Whereas, according to Rabbo, Naki Neder is an exemption. Sholach Rabbi Zakai Lemor Ukva Bain Delo Shwa Bain Deneki Shwa Bain Delo Neder Ubain Deneki Neder Any of these expressions then coupled with Mi Nechosai In other words he would say Lo Shwa Mi Nechosai 
or Nikineder Mina Chosai. Who ain't no Yochol Lahashbia? Avol Yorshim Ashbia That expression implies, or it, it conveys, that the husband cannot impose a Shvua, but the heirs could, because once the heirs take over the property, it's not. The nuchasai means my properties. It's the properties of the speaker, the husband. But when they uh, inherit, it's no long. That expression has no um, no application. It's not the husband's properties anymore. However, if he says minichasaya elaine, namely, he says one of the expressions before, like for example, nekishvua minichasaya elaine. Bain hu ubain yorshov ein mashbian osa. Because uh, the expression of exemption covers, isn't, isn't uh, let's say, uh, person focused, but rather property focused. The, these properties will be exempt from needing to swear over them. Omar Rav Nachman, Omar Shmuel. Now, here we're continuing, of course, you can see the, the volcano shape. However, we're introducing a new shape, a crown shape, and on the side of the Gemara under the Mivneh, the crown tells us these are Shneilishonos. There are two versions. Um, according to Aleph, the first version, crown Aleph, Divrei Abba Shol Heim Chilik Shel Shmuel. Abba Shol will appear in the Gemara as a as a part of the uh, the Amoraic presented teaching. Now, Abba Shol himself was not a an Amora. He was a, an earlier generation scholar from the Tanaic period. However, he is presented here as having uh, with a statement, but it's not in the context of Tanaic literature. Uh, these are main roasts. These are Amoraic reports of what Tanoya may have held. But there's a difference between an Amoraic report of what Atana said as opposed to uh, formal Tanaic literature. So according to f- the first version, Abishol is part of the sh- Amoraic sh- teaching of Shmuel. That's called a Shmaitza. According to the Bayes version, uh, we've written on the side, There it's a, a different presentation of the same information, but there it's uh, Abishol appears as part of formal t- a formal Tanaic source, and Shmuel appears as coming to issue a ruling. So now we continue in the Gemara. Omar of Nachman Omar Shmuel Mishum Abishol Ben Imo Miriam Bein Delo Shvua Bein Denakishvua Bein Delo Neder Bein Denoki Neder Bein Minuchosai Bein Minuchosai Elain. Any of these languages, any of these expressions, Bein Hu Ubein Yarshov. Whether it's the original husband, the original owner, or his heirs, ain mashbian osa, they cannot impose a shvua. So, according to this, so far by letter of the law, it would appear that the yorshim will be um, uh, removed from shvua imposition rights, regardless of the language that he used. Even if it's not nechosai elaine, uh, even if it's, if it's in the nechosai form, they would be exempted, and that's on a on a we'll call letter of the law basis. However, he goes on avol ma'ase, 
שיאמרו חכמים, הבעל יפרה מנכסי יסיימם לא יפרה, לא יפרה אלא בשבועה. There's another uh, law that, we'll say, overrules the husband's exemption, and that is that when, <coughs> when uh, someone comes to uh, collect from heirs, that's from the Nixi Yisoyimim, when someone collects from heirs, they cannot collect uh, from heirs uh, debts that were owed to them by their benefactor unless they take an oath. So that the, uh, the you, will, you will, nevertheless, you will see an oath taken when someone is trying to collect from the heirs. Even though, as we suggested, even though the language of exemption would seem to cover that scenario, nevertheless, uh, we don't follow that, but, but rather, anyone who comes to collect from heirs has to do so by taking a shvua ahead of time, uh, that, uh, in, ensuring the heirs that, in fact, the debt is still outstanding. The Ika the Amri law masnisa. There are those that present Abushoban Imul Miriam in the context of a Tanaic source. Abushol ben Ima Miriam Omar Bain Deloshvu. Again, we're dealing with the text or the the uh, the language of the exemption. Whatever the language was, Bain Deloshvu, Bain Denoki Shvu, Bain Delo Neder, Bain Noki Neder, Bain Minichosai, Bain Minichosai Elain. Bain hu ubain yorshov ein mashbiyanosa avoma eser shari omru chachomim habali para minichsi yisoyimim lo yifra elo b'shvua. Omer Rav Nachman Omer Shmuel halocha keben imoshal Miriam. The halocha follows this Tanaic source, the featured Abishol, the son of Imo Miriam. The Mishnah. Hapogemes Ksubasa Lo Tifra Elobishwa. We described this um, on our previous shear. Pogemes uh, Ksubasa, just to go over the case. Uh, actually, we don't need to go over the case because the mission itself will explain each one of these. So, just structurally, you notice that we have numbered off five points. As we go on in the Mishnah, you will see the the uh, double underline marking also with numbers. You'll see numbered up to five. The that's basically it's a uh, a list of of shvuas that are taken, and as a result of the shvuah, they're then able to collect. And the the house shape that you see will highlight the word ketzad, where each one of these five points are explained. They're elaborated on. So we don't have to explain anything yet till we get to the. A double underlining section of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah reads: Hapogemes ksubasa lo sifra elo b'shvua. Eid echad meida shehi prua lo tifra elo b'shvua. Minichse yisaimim uminichasim mishuabadim vanifras shelo b'fanov lo sifra elo b'shvua. There's an express. There's a, a Rashi on the minichasim mishuabadim. These are properties that had been sold to purchasers uh, upon which the collector, the one who's trying to collect in our Mishnah, has a lien. Mishum di'i have govi min halove gufei ve'have toyen loive. If a person was collecting his debt not from 
uh, people who purchased from the borrower, but directly from the borrower himself. Um, and the borrower would have said, oh, you're trying to collect from me? And the loyve would have said, I want you to swear that I didn't pay you back. We say in the tractate Shavuos, that we will um, impose a Shavua on the lender. Uh, you want to collect, so collect, so swear that that the, that the uh, the borrower did not pay you. If the borrower doesn't advance that request or that demand, lo taninon lay. We will not do that for him. Uh, why not? Because the malve is coming with a document. That's a very very strong instrument. Uh, instrument of collection. He has a star. He has a, a document indicating the money is owed to him. So that's as far as the lova himself, the borrower himself, is concerned. Avol, b'shvil l'kuchos. When you have the lender going to people who purchased land or from the borrower. Anan Taninon, we intervene on behalf of those purchasers. Dilmo Govis if the borrower had been the one collected from, Havitoyin Loch, he would have made the taina to you, the lender, Ishtabali the Loparatich. I want you to swear that I didn't that I didn't pay you. and you the lender would have to swear in order to collect. Hashto, now that we're dealing with purchasers from the loyve, anan taninon, we taina on his behalf. The psach Well, this is an example of the obligation of speaking up on behalf of the ilaim, of the mute, meaning the, the purchasers. The case of uh, collection from Yisoyimim and the collection of uh, what's called Nifash Lobofonov all are based on this idea that we taina on their behalf. We advance the request for a Shavua on behalf of these people that otherwise uh, wouldn't know to demand that. So now the, uh, the Mishnah continues. Hapoigemes Ksubasa Ketzad. What is that case? A woman has a ksuba worth a thousand zuz. Zuz is a type of denomination of money. If you prefer a thousand dollars. And the husband says, uh, you, got, you got paid already. What do you mean I got paid? I didn't get paid other than a hundred of the thousand. In order, in order for her to collect the balance, she would have to swear that she is still owed the 900. And as a result of the swearing, she will then collect the balance of the 900. A singular witness. In Jewish law, in order for an actual, let's say, for, a, for the court to intervene and transfer funds... You'd have to have two witnesses. One witness does not have the um, the power 
to activate the court in issuing a transfer of property or money. However, you have a, a singular witness, Mi'ida Shihi Prua. The Mishnah spoke about Eid Echad Mi'ida Shihi Prua. Ketzad, what's the case? Hoisik Subos Elav Zuz. Woman had a Ksuba of a thousand Zuz. Vi'omar law, and the husband said his Kabal, Ksuba Sech. He received your Ksuba payment. Vi'omeres Lois Kabalti. And she says, I didn't receive it. You still owe me a thousand Zuz. Vi'eid Echad Mi'ida Shihi Prua. And a singular witness says, Lady, you've been paid up already. Lo tifra ela b'shvua. If you're going to consider any payment to be made, it must be made with a shvua. The shvua being, I did not receive anything. So that the singular witness is in effect creating uh, is, is creating a situation where we will impose an oath on the woman. Number three, minachosim ishubadim keitzad, mochar kol nechosav lachirim. A man, a husband, had sold off all his properties to others. Vehi nefras min alakuchos, and the the woman, uh, let us say, she had been divorced. She is coming to collect tuksuba. Who is she going to go to? The husband has nothing, so she's going to go to those people who purchased land from him. Lo sifra ella b'shua. Her payment will be only if she is willing to. Swear that she had not received anything. Some man died, then left property to his heirs. And she's trying to collect, and she's who's she turning to? She's turning to his heirs. Payment will be made only if she vows. The husband went abroad. He's shalom b'fanav means literally not in front of him. He's not here for her to confront. He's abroad. And she is trying to get payment and not in front of the husband because he's abroad. She'll be able to collect suba, but only if she takes an oath. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Rabbi Shimon. Omer calls Manshi Tevask Subasa, Hayorshim Mashbian Osa. Vim Eno Tevask Subasa, Ain Hayorshim Mashbian Osa. This is a somewhat obscure statement. It's easy to translate it, but Rashi points out the Gemara Mefarsh Ahikoi. The Gemara will have to explain what is Reb Shimon referring to. Uh, when the translation is that as long as she is seeking her ksuba, the Yorshim can impose a vow on her. If she's not seeking her ksuba, the Yorshim cannot impose a vow on her. As we continue in the Gemara, you notice uh, some geometric forms. You see triangles. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Nosei Mivne heading. The triangle introduces the Havamina of Romi Barhamo. Havamina meaning the initial thinking, and then Utshuvasu Shal Rava, and then Rava's response, his, let's say, his rejection of Romi Barhamo's thinking. The Varer, the Gomorrah, is here to clarify, Im Shvua Zu Shal Pogemesk Subasa, Vachain Bahemshech, Beidechot Shemei Chiprua. The situations of Pogemesk Subasa that we saw in the Mishnah, and the Example of the Eid Echad, the singular witness that testifies that it had been paid up already, 
those shvuas have a doraisa odurabonan. Do those shvuas that the Mishnah says that she must swear, do they have a status of a Torah level shvua or a rabbinic level shvua? Rashi points out the difference being when you deal with a doraisa level shvua, the one upon whom the shvua obligation rests must take the oath and it cannot be transferred to the other party. If, For example, what, what would be an example of transferring an oath? Let us say that A needs to swear to B. That A, the, the oath would be, let's just say, for argument's sake, uh, A says to B, um, you haven't paid me yet. But for some reason, A, we saw in a, in a, in a shear not too long ago where the, where the party was suspect, so, in a case like that, we would be able to transfer the oath from A, who would be swearing, you haven't paid me, to B, who would swear, I have paid you. That's a case of la fuch, to switch the shvua from one party to the other. In a shvua de reisa, so we are not, we don't do that. A shvua de rabbonon can be switched from one party to the other. So, it's important for us to know does the shvur that the Mishnah describe have a shvur do raisa status or not? In the course of the Gemara, we're going to see uh, principles that are associated with shvurs that for us to say them now would be, I think, a bit premature. We'll appreciate them more as we, as we are exposed to these principles in the course of the Gemara's discussion. Now the Gemara. Sova Romi Bar Meimar. Romi Barhama thought to say Shivua Doraisa. The case of the woman who uh, says to her husband after he's saying, I paid you the Ksuba, and she says, You didn't pay me all of the Ksuba, I, but I did receive a portion of it. That that's a Shivua Doraisa. The uh, husband is claiming you received the full. 200, 200 zoos, which is the standard basic ksuba amount. You received your full mosaim 200. And she is conceding that I did receive part. This is considered partial confession, partial admission. And it's well known that. Uh, based on uh, droshes of psukim in the Torah, when one is modeb emixas, a partial admission, the Torah expects you to swear. So as far as Rami Bar is concerned, you're dealing with an issue of modeb emixas, uh, and therefore the, 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 you, you, it's, it's a Torah-generated oath. Oma Rava Shtei Chuvas Bodover 2 points against your conclusion. Number one, Chada, one point is that when you're dealing with Torah type oaths, the result of a Torah oath is that one swears, and as a result of that, is then exempt from paying. It's an oath where one uh, denies uh, an obligation to pay, and by swearing, so we accept his claim. 
So he exempts, it's, an, it's, an, it's a shvua resulting in exemption from pain. That's not the case here. The pogemisk subasa v'hinish bas v'noteles. The result of her oath is she swears and then uh, uh, demands payment or extracts payment through her swearing. So just to repeat this idea, shvua d'oraisa is a shvua that results in exemption from. In this case, it's a shvua that results in her collecting. And furthermore, there's another principle. Oaths are not taken when the oath involves something that is land-based. Here, the husband is denying uh, owing her any money. And she is trying to swear against this denial of the husband. And the husband's denial of owing her money, it's he's denying owing her money that's documented in a shtar. In this case, the ksuba. Uh, money, debts that are documented in documents, not as opposed to oral uh, obligations, written financial obligations, uh, by their very nature, uh, engender lean on property, on, on real estate. A lien is created. The, there, uh, in the Torah, based on droshes that you find on Psukim, oaths uh, are not made concerning uh, debts of land. Say, say, uh, uh, controversy surrounding uh, the the owing of of karka. Those kind of controversies are not settled by taking oaths because of a klal, a principle, and just like we don't swear concerning land, we don't concern, we don't swear concerning debts that are, we call them land-based. Even though I'm claiming uh, cash, but it's cash that in the absence of the cash, I would collect from land. So, that's another uh, reason for saying that this shvua uh, concerning a collection of a ksuba, of a pogemus ksubasa, cannot be a shvua daraisa, because on a Torah level, there would be no shvua taken, because the ksuba is based on, it's a shib, it has a shibut karkos, it, has, it, it creates a lien on properties, on real estate, and real estate, will say, resists the taking of oaths. Ela Omar Rava. The Mishnah talks about a pogemisk subasa needing to swear to get the balance. Yes, she needs to swear, but that's purely rabbinic. And she is the one that needs to swear. Why? Deporadayak, one who pays out money, generally speaking, they are very aware. Dayak literally means um, precise. They're precise in their claims. They are very very aware of what they are paying out. The Mifra Lodayek, the one who receives the payment, is less less diligent, less uh, um, less careful. And therefore, the Rabu Rabu Rabon and Shvua Allah, she's the one that's trying to receive collection. 
And uh, as we said, the cloud, the principle is that people that receive collections are generally speaking not very careful. Therefore, the Rabbonin said, uh, uh, Lady, if you're expecting to get paid, you're going to have to swear in order to get paid. So the Rabbonin placed a shvu on her, so as to motivate her to be very careful, very precise. On the side, we have a diamond, and the diamond highlights the expression of a series of questions that uh, some of them are related to the issue of Pogemus Ksubasa and uh, others, and other type, another question as well. There, but the, all the questions we can say ahead of time are Ksuba related. A woman says, uh, the ksuba that I have is for 200, but I received 100 of them, and the 100 that I received <coughs> was in the presence of witnesses. Does she have to take an oath to get the balance? That's mahu. Does she have to take an oath to get the balance? Two sides of the question. Im isa de para if it had been paid, if the balance had been paid, Be'edim have a poor law. It certainly would have been paid with witnesses. Just like we saw that he was careful to have witnesses for the first hundred, you can assume then that there would have been witnesses for the second hundred. And in the, in the, in the absence of such witnesses, we can then conclude she didn't get the payment and she deserves, she deserves to get paid without a shvua. Oidilma. Or it could be that Isramuye Isramile. The, the first two witnesses were not something of the Baal's initiative, that he took trouble to appoint the witnesses. They just happened to be passing by at the time that the husband was paying the first hundred. So that, uh, as far as the second hundred is concerned, uh, the, the absence of the witnesses is, is not an indication that the husband had not paid the balance. So in order for it to collect the balance, according to this uh, side of the, um, uh, of the uh, question, uh, she would still have to swear. Toshma. So let's try to answer this through the following. However, we're going to present a suggestion. It will be, though, challenged. It will be rejected. Questioned later. Toshma. Uh, Torah oaths are those kind of oaths that result in non-payment. In other words, an oath to to uh, uh, verify or to substantiate the the lack of need to pay. The elu nishboy v'notlin. The following, though, are oaths that are taken, and the result of them, notlin, they take, they they receive payment. Now, there's a a long list of of um, cases here. Hasochir uh, v'nigzal v'nechbal. Let's just focus for right now on the last case. The Pogame uh, Storo, we saw already, has a, is a case where there is a, a bill of collection that entitles you to 100% of whatever is written there. And you then say that... Um, that I received part of the payment already. And in this list, we have uh, these are people that will swear, they're Nishboin Venotlin, uh, t- in order to get the balance. 
when is then, what can we infer from this source? Shalom be'edim in, if the initial partial payment was done without witnesses, then there is a need for a shvua. Be'edim lo, if the initial partial payment was made in the presence of witnesses, then no need for a shvua to collect the balance. Toshma would uh, substantiate the first side of the uh, of the suggestions above, the first side of the question, that uh, in the, because there were no witnesses for the balance, but there were witnesses for the first part, she's entitled to collect the balance without needing to take an oath. The Gemara rejects this. Lo mi komar. That case doesn't need to be taught, namely, lo mi baya bi'edim devadai I don't have to tell you about a case where the first part of the debt was paid off with witnesses, that the second, the balance of that certainly would need a shvua for her to collect the balance. We'll go over this point in a moment. Let's continue in the Gemara momentarily. Avol, shelobi edim, if the first part of the debt was paid off without witnesses, so how do we know that any was paid up? Because the owner of the star says, you know, I have a star here for 200, but I already received 100. She owe me only 100. Amo, I would have thought, Teve Kameshiva Veda, Fetishko Below Shua. This is such a nice person that they're, they're like a person re- restoring a lost article that we know there, if a person restores a lost article, he doesn't have to swear concerning that, that return. And because this woman could have said, I didn't receive anything. After all, she has a star. She has a document which indicates she hasn't received. She's coming to collect the full amount. By the fact that she's nice enough to say, well, I already received part. Let her get the balance without a Malon. Therefore, the source has to tell me that in, even in that case, where there's grounds for thinking she'd be exempt from a shvua, she still has to take a shvua. But as far as if she received the first part in the presence of witnesses in order to get the balance, she certainly would have to take an oath. So now we take a look at the at the Rashi, the the lower half of the Rashi column, Devadai Tzrichoshvu Alashar. There, in the case of uh, where the first part was paid, first part of the debt she's trying to collect was paid to her in the presence of witnesses, she definitely have to take a shvua on the balance. The fact that she's admitting that she received the first hundred, it's not out of the goodness of her heart. So, okay, you're dealing with a person that's not acting uh, beyond the, the call of duty. So, to get the balance, you have to swear. But where you have a person, this is what I would have thought, that's acting beyond the call of duty, that's being so nice, he's a, like a Meshiv Aveda, maybe they wouldn't have to swear to get the balance. So, that's why this source tells me that even to get the balance, in that case, they have to swear. As far as the uh, details in the source that we read, uh, Rashi explains each one of them, but they're, they're not uh, directly related to our discussion. Hence, for those who want to see the explanation of the, the uh, first five uh, examples of people there that are going to swear and take and collect, you can by all means look into the Rashi. We continue with another question. 
Pochos pochos mishove pruta. Mahu. In order to appreciate this, we look in the Rashi. Pochos pochos mishove pruta. Regarding the Pogemis Ksuba. So again, in the case of a Ksuba worth 200, she has a star to that effect and she admits she received 100. But in, regarding the 100 that she received, she starts getting very detailed with, the, with regard to the, the 100, the first part that she received. So uh, such and such amount you gave me on this date, such and such amount you gave me on this other date. The umitzarfoson becheshbon, and she she then adds them all up, and it comes out to the one hundred of the of the two hundred. And and this can happen afilu pochos mishava bruta, where she she says that the payments were made in fractions of a pruta each time. So you see a woman who, uh, as opposed to the woman described above of uh, someone who is not very attentive to the detail we said before someone who's mifra is low daik that's not the case over here so now the Gemara continues elaborating on the question the two sides of the question in the Gemara text mi amrinon kevon de kulehai kushtakomra since you, she's, she's so detailed you have a woman that must be telling the truth and that the, the balance she hasn't received so let her collect without a shvua or maybe or maybe she's a scheming woman figuring that if I, if I pose myself as someone who's so diligent I'll get the rest without having to take an oath and, and that we, uh, we of course can't accept and should have to take an oath uh, so this remains unresolved What's pocheses subasa? So the word pocheses, you can see the word pochot or pchas. On the in the Rashi, the lower part of the Rashi, he says pocheses hoisuk subasa elivzuz kosuv b'shtar. A woman had a document indicating that the ksuba was 1,000 zuz. And the husband says, You received the full amount. And she says, I didn't receive anything from you. But I do concede that you, um, you had agreed to pay me a ksuba of only 100. Well, that's a significant reduction from what the star that she is holding would indicate. So she's, uh, we'll say, admitting she's. It's a type of moida b'miktsas. And when you hear the, when you hear the term moida b'miktsas, you know that you're dealing with a, uh, a, a, a strong grounds for taking a shvua. Let's see the Gemara. Ibayalaho poicheses ksubasa mahu mi amrinon. Do we say hainu pogemes that this is the case? This is the same as pogemes, uh, and pogemes we saw needs to take a shvur, oidilma, or possibly pogemes is moida b'miktsas, ha loko moida b'miktsas, or possibly the case of pogemes that we associate with a shvur is because there is partial admission. In, in what sense? She's admitting that I got part already. 
that namely, just to review, the case of Bogemish had a ksuba worth 200, 200 zuz, and she says, uh, well, you paid me already 50. That's motive and mixa. She's conceding that she received partial payment. In this case, she's not conceding a receipt of partial payment, and therefore, no need for a shvua. We continue. Toshma. Pocheses tifra Ketzad. A pocheses is able to collect without taking an oath. She had a ksuba worth with a written a thousand zuz that she's entitled to collect. The Omar law and the husband says his kabal ksuba sech he received all payment. The Omar's law his kabalti I didn't receive any payment. But the ksuba is not really a thousand; it's only a hundred. Nifras she's able to collect without needing to take an oath. So, if you were to stop here, then the original question was, Pocheses, does she need to take a, a shvur or not? You'd say no. The Gemara now asks, my Gavya, this woman is coming to collect through what? Through what instrument? Bahai Shtora, with, with this document that says a thousand zuz in it, Bahai Shtora Chasma Baalmoyu. This document is like a piece of shard. It's worthless as a document because she is saying that uh, that you, all, all that you really owe me is a, is a hundred. So Rashi, Rashi says She's saying it's a forgery. She's saying it's a fake. Because her, her real ksuba was only a hundred. But of that she got nothing. So um, how can the source teach that she receives collection even without taking the shvur when we when we don't even understand through what she is is she attempting to make the collection? If you're going to say it's this document, this document is worthless. The case is as follows: she is she says amona hoisa li beni leveno. We look at Rashi. Uh, four lines from the bottom. The star was not a mezuyof. It was it was written and signed uh, properly in front of witnesses, and in front of witnesses he uh, he had accepted upon himself to pay a thousand zuz. But he put his faith into me that I wouldn't claim from him any more than 100. So as far as the ability to collect, she has the ability to collect with this, with this legitimate document. Uh, but, but that's as far as if you're asking the question through what is she coming to make the collection is through this document and if that be the case so the the ruling of the Tanaic source that we saw is she's nifrash shalobeshvua we continue this is a, a a quote from the Mishnah we saw a, a, a list of cases of uh, people that are uh, that are able to swear um, they have to swear, um, and this, the case was Aid Echod Meida Shi Prua, a singular witness, 
uh, testifies that the, the ksuba has been paid up. And we are then impose a shvu on her that she'll have to swear to back up her claim that she didn't receive any payment and then she collects it. She's nishbaz vinoteles. We're emphasizing this point that it's an oath that results in her collection just to sort of remind you of what we saw at the top of the omit. Here you have a piece of Gemara that is uh, basically the same structure as the Gemara uh, uh, as the Gemara we saw at the top, the same names, you see triangles, and we already introduced them before. These are where Romi Barhamo introduces his Havamina that the case of uh, Eid Echod that is testifying a type of te- a testimony that counters what she is saying and that she's countering the Eid Echod, that according to Romi Barhamo results in a Shvua do Raisa. Rava will express his objection, like he did before with two points, and then the second line from the bottom, Rava presents his point of view. So in the Gemara, Sova Romi Barchama Lameimar Shvuah Doraisa. Romi Barchama thought that this is a Torah level Shvuah Dichtiv. When you're dealing with Eid Echad, the Torah says as follows: Lo Yokum Eid Echad Biish Lechol Ovoin Ulechol Chatos. One. A singular witness shall not arise to impose uh, we're not going to translate it literally but we'll say to impose punishments. The uh, singular witness when he testifies he can, his testimony cannot result in our administering any punishments. The testimony of a singular witness can generate a an oath. The Omar and it has been taught, in any situation that two witnesses would obligate someone to pay, under those same circumstances, if there's only one witness testifying, then the uh, the litigant would have to swear. So, from this you see, we're dealing with a pasuk that tells us the laws of Eid Echad. So, after all is said and done, Eid Echad, the testimony of a singular witness, will generate the need for the litigant, for the opposing party, to swear. So, that means you have a Shavuot Doraisa. It's all based on a pasuk in the Torah. Two objections. Number one. When it comes to Torah level shvuas, the shvuah, the result of it is exemption from payment. In, the, in this case, the woman who, whose, whose claim is basically challenged by the Eid Echad is a woman that's going to swear and collect. That's, that already is a reflection of a non-Torah type shvuah. The Eid, and the second objection is as we elaborated on this point earlier, that you're dealing with the shvuah that is uh, concerning something that's that's land based. It's a it's a, a a a debt that upon which there is a lien on on property on landed property on real estate, and real estate is by uh, from the Torah standpoint is resistant to being a generator of oaths. Hello, The woman is going to swear. In order to collect, 
and and will say she can't collect without taking that oath. Uh, it's rabbinic. So as to put the husband's mind at ease, he's claiming that she received uh, that she received full payment. I don't I don't owe you anything anymore. And now we're gonna. Uh, she, uh, she comes with her with her star, and she's claiming payment. It's a very uh, it, 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 you can imagine the feeling that the husband has. But from his standpoint, he's going to have to be paying out the th- money that he doesn't have to pay. So, in order to quiet his mind, we make her swear thusly as well. As we continue in the Gemara, we have a nosei mivne heading. Uh, a new uh, geometric form appears, a trapezoid or volcano shape. We'll see that it appears as the Gemara unfolds in a in a flip flop in a reversed direction. This is because we have a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of a back and forth type discussion. <coughs> so, with the narrow part facing upwards, these are nisyonos attempts lahavi. To create a Torah level shvua uh, out of this situation. In other words, we have we've described a woman who's trying to collect her ksuba. Up till now, we pointed out that you're dealing with a shvua de rabbanon, courtesy of Rava, of course. That it's a shvua uh, litoil. That therefore it can't be a shvua de raisa. Can we impose? Uh, somehow, we require some innovation can, or inventiveness. Can we impose a shvua do raisa on the woman? When you see the inverted uh, volcano shape, realize that that's a rejection of whatever the previous suggestion had been. Omar Rav Papas. We continue now at the top of Pei Ches Omen Aleph. E pikeahu. So Rav Papa says, if the husband who uh, who's going to have to pay, if he is smart or if he's a uh, if he's sharp, mycy law lide shvodaraisa, he can bring her to making a Torah level oath, and a Torah level oath is a very very serious matter. It's something that. Many people would would sooner pay. They'd even pay money they don't they don't have to pay rather than taking an oath. So one should realize how how weighty a matter this is to impose a shvur de rice on somebody. So on the top, Rashi adds some more information. Lide shvur de raisa. Rashi says shehi b'shem. You're using the name of the Almighty, or a uh, a, a quasi name. Uh, and you would hold a Torah scroll when making this oath. Can I read Shvuas as it's pointed out in the tractate Shvuas? The Chamura he ma'oid. It's very, very weighty. Avol Shvuadurabonan klolo be'almo ke'in shalanu. A Shvuadurabonan is basically we state uh, that a person will be cursed if he is not telling the truth. So, and that's similar to what Rashi says, what we do. We don't, in other words, we, we don't uh, practice imposing Torah-level shvuas anymore, but a but shvua drabonan, or a klola, we'll call it a type of uh, sanction, uh, sanctioning, uh, is, is, is made. So the Baal, if he's smart, can bring her to a shvua doraisa, as we just saw described by Rashi.
How do we do that? Yohiv law ksuboso ba'api chad sa'ado. Let him pay the ksuba as far from his vantage point a second time in front of one witness. Don't forget, we're dealing with a case where there had been one witness uh, on the Baal's side, favoring the Baal's claim that he had paid up. So now, the suggestion is create a second, make a second payment in front of one witness. And then bring the two witnesses together, the one that that, that, that testified originally that the Baal had paid up the Iksuba, and now this one. And with the second witness seeing the payment of the Iksuba, so the, the first amount would be a loan. It would be money that would be viewed as a loan that he extended to the woman. Let's take a look at Rashi together. On the uh, fourth line from the top of Somech Sada, Kama Sada, Im or Asada Basra, Yavi Ashneim Yachad the basin. Then let the husband bring these two witnesses to court. Shem Tichpar, if she denies receiving any money, Yaidua Shneim Sheniskabluk Zubos, and that she have two witnesses that testify that her Ksuba was paid. Umoiki Lahanoch Kamoi Balva, Yidbeeno Piron or Rishon. And then he would then the husband would then claim that uh, the original money that uh, you had received uh, was a loan that I extended to you. The Yomer Milvehain and say it's a loan at Slech by you. Sharei is Kabal Ksuba Sech as far as your Ksuba payment that you received already. If she then denies and says, this is the first time I'm receiving any payment. And the first witness would be saying, well, but you, you, you received a loan that you owe. So she, and she's countering that. So what is she, what is she saying? I don't owe the money. Oh, that's a shvua that would, would, would that would result in exemption from paying. Iko shvua doraisa. That's nishbas below mishalemus. That's a that's a shvua that's on a Torah level. A shvua of of exemption nature, exemption from paying. V'einkan shibud karkos shalomi koch suba And that also is not a shvua that's that's uh, karka based. That's land based because the claim. Of the the first money being a loan is not a claim made based on a document. In other words, she's not making a claim based on her holding a ksuba. So it's a it's a denial of owing money that's not ksuba based, and it's a an attempt to swear and become exempt. So there you've got a shvuda raisa. The Gemara continues. Maskif law Rav Shisha Braid Rav Idi. He objects to this suggestion, the effectiveness of this suggestion. The idea of having the first witness become attached to the second witness, how does that happen? Rashi says, 
that which the uh, first witness saw is that which the second witness is seeing is not that which the first witness saw. If the woman denies ever receiving money at the beginning and ever receiving now, even though one witness does see her receiving the money now, but if she denies it, her denial is a denial that's running in the face of only one witness. Because what each one saw, if he tries to pull off the scheme that we said at the top, but what each one saw is not what the other one saw. So you don't have two witnesses that saw the same thing. She'll be able to swear and claim a third, and he'll have to pay a third time. And he's going to be really losing out if he were to try to do that. So, Elo Omar Rav Shisha Braid Rav Rav Shisha who asked on the suggestion that Rav Papa had made, now offers his own suggestion for how you can uh, uh, bring about a situation of a Shvur Do Raisa. He says, Yohiv Lok Subasa, he should pay the Ksuba again, Be'api Sada Kama Visada Basra. Here you have two witnesses that will see the actual Ksuba payment. Umokim Lo Lahanach Kamoi and the husband will then say, you know, that first amount of money that I had paid you, that was a loan that I paid you. And she'll, if, and if she denies that, then she'll have to swear, uh, swear a, 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 uh, an oath of exemption, and that is Doraisa. The, you notice that with regard to Rav Shisha, the difference between him and Rav, Rav Papa is that with regard to that second payment that he's going to make, he's going to make that in front of two witnesses, and that she won't be able to deny. Maskif law Rav Ashi, Akati She still can claim that, that's, that first amount was a ksuba, that wasn't a, uh, that wasn't a loan. Rashi, a few lines down from us, it's I had two ksubos that uh, entitled me to collect from you twice. With regard to the first payment, so I, uh, with that first payment, I returned to you one of the ksubos. And the second ksuba is a second ksuba collection. And the first witness who says there was payment, so it's a he's 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 supporting her her point that it was a payment of the first ksuba. So you don't have a you don't have the Baal having a chance to say that I, I extended to you a loan and that would bring her to the point that she would have to swear to deny that uh, based on uh, a swear, swear that I, I never received the loan. And since she can claim that the first payment wasn't a payment to me of a, of a loan, but rather it was a payment to me of a ksuba, so then we don't have a Shvua Doraisa anymore.
We continue in the Gemara. Ela Omar Rav Ashi. Who the Moda Lahu? We look in the Rashi. The Moda Lahu, the husband, tells the witnesses. The Moda Lula Sada Kama Ubasra, the He informs, the husband informs the original witness and the second witness before the husband makes a second payment to the wife. You should know I paid off the ksuba already in front of one of you. The he kaiferes, and she is denying having received. The ani rotsa lepora shenis the shame ksuba. I want to pay her again a second time, and and with the claim that this is a this is a ksuba payment. and that will enable me to have two witnesses. That I paid her ksuba, the etba esarishonim, and then I'll put a claim in for the first monies. Vyeshli aleim eid echad, and I have one witness regarding those first the first payment that I paid it. That is chayev shmuda raisa, and her her oath would be a, a, a shmuda that I didn't, I don't owe you anything. That's a shmuda raisa. But kevon dodinu. And since he informed them ahead of time that now I'm paying off the ksuba, so that first witness is not going to support her claim that that the payment was for a ksuba. Because the husband is making it very clear that right now I'm paying off her ksuba. <coughs> so, su lo motsis lameymar, she won't be able to say any longer, shte ksubas havu that there, there were two ksubas. For her to make a claim like that would be um, basically unacceptable. The milsa de los shichu, it's a very uncommon situation that a man would write two ksubas. So since, according to this, uh, according to Rav Ashi, the, the first witness, being that he's made party, joins up with a second witness to see the ksuba paid again, he will not be able to be described by the woman of, yeah, sure you saw you saw a payment uh, made to me, but that was because I had a I had a second I had an original ksuba a, a first ksuba one of two ksubas, so that she won't be able to say anymore, and all that she'll have to say is counter the the witnesses the first witnesses claim that she had received money as a loan and she'd have to deny that and in order to deny uh, in the face of a singular witness. You would a shvur of denial, meaning a shvur where you were, which would result in exemption. That is a shvur do raisa.